0: Good morning. This is living in the time of coronavirus, Uh, living as sojourners in the time of coronavirus. That sojourner piece is really important. Uh, As we continue to journey with Jesus uh, during this season of life, this very unique time, uh, let me start us out with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this opportunity to engage your word this morning. And uh, as this is a very key passage of scripture, we just ask that you would Show us what you have for us in this. Open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to understand what you're saying to us through your word this morning. And uh, Lord, that you would give us direct insight into what you were doing during this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, there are a few passages that have such insight into how we are to live our journey. Uh, we're looking at 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3-11 to 11 this morning. It tells us, I'm going to read it because I think it's important to hear it, but His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, He has given us His very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As we look at this passage, uh, one of the key things that, that we can see looking at this passage is we just meditate on it is the reality that uh, a lot of this passage is talking about knowledge of God. And uh, in an intellectual society, in Western society, we think this is all about knowing things, but this is not what they're talking about. They're talking about knowing a person. And uh, so we have to keep that in understanding that, uh, that we're learning, we're learning, we're learning, but a lot of the learning is about knowing the person of God um, and knowing who he is by spending time with him. But as we look at this and we start out with this this these verses, the first thing that's key is is the understanding of divine power. It tells us he's given us divine power for everything we need for life and for godliness. That's for all of life. Not just our spiritual lives, not just us going to church and being good Christians. But the scriptures tell us that God has given us power from him, divine power through the Holy Spirit. That's that's what he's talking about here. He's talking about power through the Holy Spirit that dwells within every believer. He's given us power uh, for life and godliness. And the question is, are we going to take hold of the power uh, not for our own selfish desires, but so that we can follow Jesus effectively. He's given us everything for life and godliness. But it's through knowing God. It's through our knowledge of him. As we grow in our knowing of him, as we receive power from on high, uh, we have everything we need. It tells us it's for those who have been called to him. When somebody calls you and say, come on. Come join me. Come be with me. Come. That's what God did for us. He called us to himself. Come over here. Be with me. Spend time with me. He did it because he's glorious and he's good. And he's called each and every one of us to himself. And so often we hold God at arm's length, but he's called us to himself. It's through his power and the knowledge of him and this calling that that he has given us these great and precious promises. He's given us promises. And and unlike any earthly promise, a godly promise is one that he will follow through on. He may not do it in the way we think he will, or in our timing, but he always follows through on his promise. As they say, you can take it to the bank. These great and precious promises. And I like how Peter once again uses this word precious, because... With all that he's gone through, all the suffering, all the disappointment, uh, all the persecution, his faith and the promises of God have become precious to him. He, He holds on to them because they're meaningful. They mean something. They're worth his life. And he says it's through these promises you may participate in the divine nature. It's because of the promises of God. The promise of Jesus Christ that you're able to participate in the life that God has set aside for you this is your opportunity to get in the game to play to be a part of what's going on to be a part of the divine narrative and allow him to add your peace to the story because of this we've escaped corruption the world is caused by our, our own evil desires he takes away those evil desires and we're able to escape. So then he says, because of all this, because of everything we've just talked about, add these characteristics. To your faith, to your trust in God, add your virtue. That's a That ver- your virtue means moral excellence. Primarily it's talking about sexual purity, but it's talking about moral purity. Your moral excellence. If you're going to be a person of faith, then add to that virtue. And once you've added to that virtue, then you add to it knowledge of God. But not just knowledge of God, but knowledge of the Christian life. How do you grow in that knowledge of God? Well, you got to keep spending time with him. You got to keep knowing him. But then it says once you've we've added that, then you add self-control, you add self-discipline. Now, as I like to say, self-control is not about how hard you work at it, but it's about how dependent you are on the Holy Spirit. Self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. And when you are relying on the Spirit of God, He gives you the ability to follow through, to be disciplined, to be a person that can be dependent on. And as we grow in our self-control, we add to that perseverance. Perseverance is all about going through the fire. It's all about the hard things that we live through and we come out better on the other side. In fact, as we've learned to depend on the Spirit and He takes us through and we hold fast, we stand steadfast in the midst of our trials, He adds to this godliness. He adds to His godly character. We begin to look like God. People say, that person has walked with God. We're no longer consumed by the world and their desires, but we become more and more like God. When people see us, they see Jesus. And because of that, we can add to it a mutual affection, a trust and a love for each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. We have that care for one another that only comes from knowing God well. And lastly, we add to that an agape love. A love that's unconditional, that comes from God, that's for God, and it's lived out among the brothers and the sisters. He goes on to say that when you possess these qualities in increasing measure, it will keep you from being ineffectual and unproductive in our relationship with God. If we don't grow in these areas then we're wasting a relationship. We're saying, my relationship with you doesn't matter. It's not that important. But in a relationship that matters, we grow in that relationship. We don't take it for granted. We grow and we become effective and productive in that relationship. That means we have something to offer to the relationship. Again, this isn't because we're good people. This is because God has done his work in us. But we have to take hold of it. We have to possess it. But it's clear from this passage, this is more than just developing character qualities. These things are a blueprint for engaging the Christian walk. Question here is, where are you on the journey? In which phase are you in? Are you in a faith phase? Are you in the virtue phase, the knowledge phase, the self-control, the perseverance, the godliness, the mutual affection, the agape love? The problem is most of us don't get past phase two or three. We don't ever get to the place of really developing a dependence on the Holy Spirit and thus living with self-control, which makes it very difficult to persevere through any trial. But this isn't just about the long journey in each phase. God takes us through each one of these in each phase of our lives. You may be working on a virtue phase, but he's going to take you through all eight of these processes in the process of that virtue phase. So keep that in mind. He says, possess, take hold of these things. And the warning here is, if you don't take hold of these things, then you aren't growing and you've lost sight of what Jesus did to cleanse you from sin on the cross. Therefore, make every effort, make every effort to confirm or affirm your calling. Remember we talked about calling? Come with me. Calling is more than just accepting that call. It's identifying yourself with the one that called you. Calling is about your primary identity, and your primary vocation is that of a Christ follower. If you belong to Christ, then your primary purpose in life is to follow Christ. In fact, that's what he's given to all of us. But not everyone chooses it. Not everyone chooses to accept the calling. But when we choose to accept the calling, then we prove that we are chosen. And if we prove that we're chosen, that we're destined for eternal life, then we take hold and possess these things that he's offering to us. We have to understand, this is not just a theology of a prayer of salvation. Oh, I prayed to accept Christ and I'm good. This isn't how they understood this. No, they understood that that was just the first step. That faith, I'm putting my trust in Jesus, is just the first step. The assurance of salvation is both found in the finished work of Jesus, in that, that decision to trust him and what he's done for us, but it's also found in the, in the faithfulness to it. As we continue to walk with Jesus, we are taking hold of that salvation and we finish the race. We finish secure in that salvation. For if we take hold so it's not it's not one or the other, you know, there's theological bents. Don't worry about those. The question is, are you going to be faithful to what Jesus started in you? For if you take hold of these seasons and the character qualities that Jesus is working in you, you won't stumble and you and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom, into that everlasting life, that abundant life that's promised. So I'm leaving you with a few things to ponder today. Are you taking hold of this season? What is God trying to produce in you during this time? What is he trying to produce in you during this COVID-19 season? What does he have for you? Because whatever he has for you is, is something he wants you to use And to be effective in your following of Him. And lastly, do you know where you are on the journey? Do you know what season you're in? Is this a self-control season? For most of us, that's the longest season of our lives. Some of us never get past that. This is an opportunity for you to become dependent on the Holy Spirit. It's good being with you today. See you again tomorrow. God bless.